You could bring by blankets, gloves, socks, and everything. Art Paducah's Christmas Miracle, uh, Pat Sperduto, uh, they get out and uh, uh, deliver on Christmas Day all kind of things uh, to uh, homeless uh, throughout the city just uh, on their own. Just go out and, and do it. They've been doing it for 20-something years. Yeah. Up in, um, in, started in Boston with his sister. Uh, Ryan Callahan. We've, oh, by the way. So uh, they'll be broadcasting yeah. out there, right? Two to four? Yep, two to four this afternoon. Nice. Go by there. I went by there. They were down at Split Tea Barbecue. They said on the radio, come by and donate things. I went by there and donate things and picked up my free sandwich. They were giving away free barbecue sandwiches. Oh, yeah? Would oh, you yeah. have pork or brisket? Uh, pork. Yep. All right. Uh, Ryan Callahan, Go Balls 24-7. Ryan, good morning. Good right. buddy. Hey, Ryan. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, man. Break Doing well. Happy holidays. Break it down for us. Uh, what should Same people... 13th, is that the overall ranking I saw? Is that good, bad, expected? Where, where Mid? Do we, yeah. Where do we place? Because it's probably, what, 7th in the league, uh, and, but you're 13th in the country. So, yeah, that's the where they're you know swimming these days. What do you think overall? Yeah, overall, I, I think a lot of fans certainly are going to look at this as a as a solid class, but in a way disappointing. I, I would say it's still a good class, but there were clearly some missed opportunities for Tennessee. There was a chance for this to be a, a better class and potentially a significantly better class, at least in terms of the team rankings. Now, I will tell people this, and this is kind of, I think, the big picture view you got to have, especially in the transfer portal era. This is a class that gives Tennessee a chance to keep competing for championships, and that's the bottom line because, you know, if you come up a guy short at a certain position, it used to be a big deal. It, it would sometimes take a couple of years to correct the numbers. Now they could fix that by May in the transfer portal, so it's really not <laughs> quite as big a travesty to, to, to fall short of addressing a need completely or, or anything like that. And also, it's just, uh, you know, there's more parity across the board in college football. It's, it's becoming more like the NFL every year, and I think that's kind of where it's headed. You just look at the competition in recruiting. Michigan's playing for a national title, and they signed, I think, the number 15 class as of right now. Mm. There's just so much competition. 20, 25 programs that have a legitimate shot at landing elite players now because of NIL and just the way things have changed in college football recruiting over the past few years. So, all the rosters are going to be much more competitive than what we're used to seeing in the past in college football. It's not going to be where there were five halves and, and the rest were have-nots in terms of competing for championships. There are going to be a lot of teams competing for championships, and, and we saw that yesterday with Miami making a big move, vaulting to number three. Mm. Florida, once having a top-five class, and they they lose a bunch of guys on signing day and fall outside the top 15. It's just a, it's a wild, wild environment right now in recruiting and that's reflected in the parity that you see in the final standing. So as long as you're somewhere in that top 15, you're going to have a chance to compete. And Tennessee's got a couple five stars, nine other four stars. It's a good class, and I think it's especially important to have good players at the top of the class because that's what's going to stick around most likely and not into the transfer portal these days. And Tennessee's good at the top. The top half of this class is pretty strong. Yeah, and Heupel has stressed, you know, recruiting the state of Tennessee. I mean, every every Vols coach does that. I understand that. And that's, sure. you know, for PR purposes and for, you know, quality of play as well. Except Derek Dooley. Yeah, except Derek Dooley, right. Uh, you know, how important was that for Heupel? And, and, you know, obviously getting the two kids out of the Lipscomb Academy uh, were big for him as well. Yeah, no no doubt. And, and this, this state, we've talked about it before, produces enough talent these days. And that's one of the reasons Tennessee has an opportunity and, and has had an opportunity the past couple of years to be um, something closer to what the, the, the Tennessee of the past were used to seeing uh, is because the state's putting out more talent than, than ever before. It's, uh, it's, it's a state where they can probably count on signing 
seven or eight players a year at, at a minimum, and, and a lot of years probably closer to ten. So they they've got a, they got a pretty good haul out of the state this year. It was not a perfect class, and, and I'll caution people against this too because we, we get this question a lot. The final state rankings don't necessarily reflect Tennessee's board when you're talking about players that they wanted. So if you look at the top ten players in the state, it might look like Tennessee didn't have a great year. But then you go down player by player and see what the situation was. You got Andre Evans, the number one player in the state in some rankings. I think he finished number two in our rankings. Tennessee didn't pursue him, for better or worse. You know, we'll see if that was a good evaluation on their part. But he goes to Georgia, and that's not a guy Tennessee wanted. Uh, Elijah Groves from uh, from uh, East Robertson, really good player, talented guy. Tennessee never offered him. He's going he's going to NC State after previously committing to Kentucky. So. The state rankings don't necessarily reflect what kind of year it was for Tennessee in terms of who they wanted, but they did have a couple misses. Amari Jefferson, the four-star receiver, goes to Alabama uh, over Tennessee out of Chattanooga. And then also uh, his teammate at, at Baylor School, Max LeBlanc, not originally from Tennessee. He's from Canada and spent only a, a year or so in Tennessee before signing with Ohio State, but that's one Tennessee wanted earlier this year. So those two, and then Ronan O'Connell, the offensive lineman from Page, going to Clemson back in the summer. Those were the three real misses for Tennessee, and, and they obviously pursued Jaron Sensabaugh this week that went to Missouri. So there were a few misses, but when you look at the big picture, they got most of what they wanted. So solid in-state class, not, not great, but pretty solid. And for the most part, like you said, Caleb Beasley, Edwin Spillman, Boo Carter, Marcus Gorey, some players who are going to play a lot of football for them from in-state over the next few years. You know, and by the way, I was just looking this morning, uh, the 24-7 updated has Tennessee at 10th. Uh, overall, so you're a top ten recruiting well, class, right? Is that well? I'm I just, at that I right? Add, I got to clarify that. So we have rankings now that are a little different that confuse people sometimes. That okay. overall ranking is our combined recruiting and transfer ranking. Okay, so that's taking oh, into wow. account the three transfer commitments Tennessee has. What you see listed. Well, I like as that better. I want to know. Give me. That's I like, don't, yeah, that's I don't, like OPS in baseball, right? On base plus slugging, exactly. right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So, well, yeah, so, so where that's, see, yeah, yeah. So top ten in overall haul. Yeah, now that now that'll and that'll probably change. There's gonna be a lot of activity, obviously, in the transfer portal in the coming weeks and even in the spring. So it may not finish in the top ten, but that shows you they've gotten three good players out of the transfer portal so far. And yeah, you combine that with the number thirteen recruiting class. That's a that's a, that's a good influx of talent, and, and they are upgrading the roster in a lot of spots. So uh, when you look at the big picture from this class combined with the transfer rankings, you know they. They've got a tight end transfer that addressed a huge need there. Holden stays from Notre Dame, probably going to be their starting tight end this coming season, and an experienced guy originally from Atlanta. So that's a nice pickup. They got Jermod McCoy yesterday. Their one real addition on signing day was a transfer corner from uh, Oregon State and, and, a, and a four-star transfer for us right now at 24-7 Sports. So a pretty coveted guy there that addresses a position of need where they've already lost six DBs to the transfer portal. And then you combine that with the recruiting class, they really address the offensive line well. Five signees at that position, some uh, a few four stars. They look like they're going to be future starters. So um, some nice pickups there, and then some real star power at a few positions. They did another good secondary class. Did a good job there with Caleb Beasley and Marcus Gorey at corner. Um, Boo Carter as well in the secondary, uh, and then obviously the stars of the class. Five star wide receiver Mike Matthews gives you another major target for Nico Iamaliava in that offense, and then. Jordan Ross, another five-star edge rusher where Tennessee is really stacking talent, kind of like they did in the 90s at edge rusher. They've got a real uh, nice pipeline of guys there with with James Pierce, Joshua Joseph, Caleb Herring, and now you throw in Jordan Ross, and you've also got Shandavian Bradley, who didn't play this year, but still has some talent. So 
they've got a nice pipeline of talent there. So when you look at the roster, there's no doubt they've improved things quite a bit from where they were a couple of years ago. We just have to see starting this next season kind of what this young talent looks like because those guys were kind of stuck behind veterans this year. But I still think Tennessee's roster looks a lot better for next season than it did a couple of years ago. Ryan Callahan, Go Vols 24-7. You, uh, and, uh, you said something a minute ago that the, the Tennessee misses statewide. I would not be alarmed at that because there's more ways to lose, you know, to not win those commitments. You see what I'm saying? You've mm-hmm. got you have the middle Tennessee area right now. We've got people coming from all over the country in here now that never did 10, 15 years ago. So they're going to be in more on the top level, but they're going to lose more because they're in more. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, and, well, and, and to your point, <laughs> tell, tell me, help me. I mean, but, no, to, your, to your point, though, there, there are more ways to lose recruiting battles yes, these days. You know, yeah. a lot of people want to think that it's uh, that, that with NIL and everything that it just comes down to the highest bidder all the time. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't. It, uh, there are so many examples that uh, that I could give you with uh, without unfortunately being able to share the details. But those, there are a lot of players who don't go to the, the school that, that's offering the most in NIL opportunities. It really is. Uh, uh, it's kind of the wild west, but it's also still a lot like it used to be where sometimes a guy just wants to go to a certain school and mm. he might be using a school to drive up the price for the school he really wants to go to, you know, and it's, <laughs> it, so it's in some ways it's changed in some ways it hasn't. And, and you, you don't really know until the end, what's going to matter most to a player. And it's just hard to predict. And so that this year, again, you know, Tennessee had several misses. We could go down the list if you wanted, but it's uh they had some guys in the summer they missed, a few down the stretch, like five-star offensive tackle Jordan Seaton, who technically hasn't signed yet. He's still maybe on the table, even though he committed to Colorado. There's, there's Maryland and still Tennessee to a degree involved there, so maybe something changes there late. But they've had so- several of those types of misses this year that just kept us from being a special class, but just one or two more pickups. I mean, I did the math with our class calculator. You add Jordan Seaton to Tennessee's class as of a few days ago, it would have moved them from 14 to 8 in the team wow. rankings because the teams are kind of that tightly packed together. So they really were just one or two players away from having a pretty special class. And, and, and you know, you, like you said, you, there are ways to lose uh, in-state recruiting battles even with some of these guys not being Tennessee natives, like Max LeBlanc from Canada, Ronan O'Connell's not originally from Tennessee. It, it's, it, they're, not every in-state player and in-state recruiting battle is the same for sure. And, and this state produces enough talent that you can miss on a few and still end up with a good in-state class. Well, now with the uh, high school NIL legal, a lot of them have to take a cut in pay to go uh, to college. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Things are tough all over. <laughs> hey, uh, Ryan, real quick, uh, men's basketball, four straight wins after three straight losses. Nice win over NC State over the weekend uh, in San Antonio. Obviously, uh, I'm going to give them a win over Tarleton State uh, tonight. But uh, overall, <laughs> what, what has stood out for you for the Vols from this four-game uh, winning streak? Are you sure they can beat Tarleton? Well, yeah. I might take Tarleton plus the points. but <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Um, but, but, yeah, that was a really nice win uh, for, for Tennessee down in San Antonio on Saturday. By the way, I still have no idea, even after the game was played, why Tennessee's playing NC State in San Antonio. At Thank you. I was asking my producer because he went to UT. He's a big UT honk. I'm like, what yeah. is this? He's like, well, you know, it's the it's – the, I was like, well, no, what? It, what is it? It was one. Yeah, it, was a, it wasn't the tournament, right? It was one game, right? It, it was a, well. It was, a, it was the Hall of Fame series. I think there was a women's game before. It was kind of like a three day, three game all day thing, but it wasn't all men's games. It was a 
It was a weird deal. But it's television, it was, guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get. Yeah. Well, you right. TV guys ruin everything. Announced, announced attendance was twenty five hundred, and I'd say there were maybe <laughs> half of that in the in the stands. So it was not a yeah. If it, if it was there to make money, it didn't make a whole lot. But yeah. Uh, Tennessee, though, played well and, and, and at times and then found a way to win a, a tough game where NC State fought back in the second half and made things pretty close down the stretch. And I, and I thought it was really impressive they did that in a game where Dalton Connect was not his usual self. You know, he only played 19 minutes in that game. NC State did a good job of taking him away, and Rick Barnes had to had to take him out because between the offense and the defense, he just wasn't very effective in that game. And some other guys, including Josiah Jordan-James and, and, uh, and Zakai Ziegler, really picked up the slack. So, Good, good character win there, and, and Tennessee showing they can win in different ways and not just rely on Connect to, to hit some big shots when it matters. And, uh, yeah, this team's played better lately and still a little bit up and down at times, but showing they're, they're going to be a tough out in March for sure if they keep playing that way. Uh, okay, uh, JB, Tarleton State is uh, getting 22 and a half. I'm going to lay it with the Vols. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Tarleton State has the signature win over Austin P. Uh, there, Patton. Just letting you know. Um, so it might be that. better than their name suggests. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, how old are you, kids? Oh, uh, we've got a we've got a couple toddlers and a six year old. So it's uh, oh man, wild, wild days but fun Christmases. I guess is a good way to look at it. <laughs> oh man, well, props to you, man. I know it's a busy time for you. It definitely is, but uh, yeah, it should, should be fun the next next few days, though, as long as we can keep them from uh, from hurting each other uh, while they're around the house and out of school. <laughs> hey, Ryan, appreciate you, man, as always. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, we'll, Merry, Merry Christmas, uh, man. We're back on the uh, normal, we're off tomorrow, but we're back on the uh, regular rotation next week on Friday. Appreciate you, man. S- sounds good. Merry Christmas, guys. Right. I appreciate it. All right, Ryan yep. Callahan, appreciate him doing this every week. Oh, he gives good us, dude. Gives us, a, you know, obviously the UT component of it, but also the SEC and the national uh, component as and well. He's, and he's just... 